the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. February 23rd, 2021. We're going to talk about Norman of Absolutes right now. That is how we organize our communities or lives, how we live with one another by certain sets of standards we were raised on, taught, and that in an ideal world comport with natural law or at least common sense. We begin with the notion that we are sentient, that is, thinking human beings, with the gift of language or speech, as well as the gift of reason or thinking. Now, all one has to do to change a society's reasonings and thoughts is to infuse their language or speech with that which they'd like society to think and overwhelm it. We persuade, in other words, we change minds, in other words, through our capacity to talk, promote, argue, and win over minds. This is the theory behind an open society and freedom of thought and speech anyway. If leaders or governments don't fear their people, but instead recognize they are made up of and subject to the rest of the people, they do not try to manipulate speech and thought. They do not try to, in other words, manufacture consent, as Noam Chomsky once put it. This is what freedom means. It's what equality means. And this is what consent of the governed means. You reach consent by giving everyone the freedom and equal right to govern and be governed in turn, yes, but also to speak their minds and proffer their ideas for others to choose from. There is or should be no predetermined and orthodox enforced point of view ordered from on high. Robert Jackson spoke to this when he wrote, If there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official high or petty can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act, their faith therein. Close quote. Learned Hand, a judge, was known as the Tenth Justice, should have been on the Supreme Court, just never was. He spoke to this all in his speech, The Spirit of Liberty, saying the spirit of liberty is the spirit which is not too sure that it is right. The spirit of liberty is the spirit which seeks to understand the mind of other men and women. The spirit of liberty is a spirit which weighs their interests alongside its own without bias. The spirit of liberty remembers that not even a sparrow falls to the earth unheeded. The spirit of liberty is the spirit of him who nearly 2,000 years ago taught mankind that lesson it is never learned but never quite forgotten, that there may be a kingdom where the least shall be heard and considered side by side with the greatest. Close quote. Note above... I said leaders or governments when I was talking about this, not just governments. It's about the instrumentalities that are meant to keep government honest, governments honest as well. I'm speaking, of course, of the media, mass and small, mainstream and not. I'm speaking, too, of our educators and cultural shapers. I'm speaking of our books. So today, just today, we learn a major cookbook is going through the way it used to describe recipes because... In the words of the editors, quote, it was insensitive toward Jewish food traditions and does not align with our brand's standards, close quote. Imagine that. Insensitive to food traditions. Not people, food traditions. 
College staff get harassed to the point of being fired or resigning because they become queasy over being forced to participate in racially prejudicial behavior and inquiries as a condition of employment. Jody Shaw, formerly one of the most formerly of one of the most elite colleges in the country, Smith College, says, quote, I asked that Smith's College stop reducing my personhood to a racial category, stop telling me what I must think and feel about myself, stop presuming to know who I am or what my culture is based upon my skin color, stop asking me to project stereotypes and assumptions onto others based on their skin color, close quote. There's been a lot of this. From elementary school instruction to the Smithsonian Organization that had a chart on what was considered white behavior. Coca-Cola is training its employees to understand, quote, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white, close quote. And they should, as the last human resource training slide says, be less white. Be less white. In other words, try to change your heritage because the color of your skin determines your behavior. This is so obviously true, he said sarcastically, by virtue of how much I'm like Steve Tyler or Brad Pitt or Albert Einstein or Ted Bundy, and why I share nothing with Larry Elder, Candace Owens, or Bob Woodson. The idea that heritage or skin color determines thought and behavior was the hallmark of Nazi Germany. I thought we'd rid ourselves of those notions at Nuremberg. We didn't, and they're back. If I may paraphrase Leo Strauss, it would not be the first time that a nation defeated on the battlefield and, as it were, annihilated as a political being, has deprived its conqueror of the most sublime fruit of victory by imposing on him the yoke of its own thought. Whatever might be true of the thought of the American people, America's social thought has adopted the very attitude toward truth which used to be the hallmark of Nazi Germany, the political being we annihilated but deprived us of letting us annihilate its ideology, and we allowed them to impose it on us, though we conquered them militarily. Not towing these racial thought lines gets one fired or unemployed, or makes one unemployable. The New York Times fires a longtime science reporter for speaking about the N-word, not using it, speaking about it. Slate Magazine suspends a podcast host without pay for supporting the New York Times reporter. All of this will soon be coming to a company near you. And it's as true of history as it is race and ideology as it is of science. We must trust the science, not science, the science, only the science that the progressive state and state of affairs wants us to trust. We must understand we were not founded in and with freedom and equality, but at some other time, not 1776, before we even declared ourselves a country so that inequality and slavery could be, would be, will be our founding touchstone and ethics. I thought it would be useful to throw into this discussion a few quotes on what's happening here. Here they are. When old speak had been once and for all superseded, the last link with the past would have been severed. History had already been rewritten, but fragments of the literature of the past survived here and there, imperfectly censored. But so long as one retained one's knowledge of old speak, it was possible to read them. In the future, such fragments, even if they chanced to survive, would be unintelligible and untranslatable. It was impossible to translate any passage of old speak into new speak unless it either referred to some technical process or some very simple everyday action or was already orthodox in tendency. 
a good deal of the literature of the past was indeed already being transformed in this way. Considerations of prestige made it desirable to preserve the memory of certain historical figures, while at the same time bringing their achievements into line with the philosophy of the party. Various writers, such as Shakespeare, Milton, Swift, Byron, Dickens, and some others, were therefore in process of translation. When the task had been completed, their original writings, with all else that survived of the literature of the past, would be destroyed. If the party could thrust its hand into the past and say of this or that event it never happened, that surely would be more terrifying than mere torture and death. And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and became truth. Who controls the past, ran the party slogan, controls the future. Who controls the present, controls the past. And yet the past, though of its nature alterable, never had been altered. Whatever was true now was true from everlasting to everlasting. It was quite simple. All that was needed was an unending series of victories over your own memory. Reality control, they called it. In newspeak, it was called doublethink. Day by day and almost minute by minute, the past was brought up to date. In this way, every prediction made by the party could be shown by documentary, documentary evidence to have been correct. Nor was any item of news or any expression of opinion which conflicted with the needs of the moment ever allowed to remain on record. All history was a palimpsest, scraped clean and reinscribed exactly, exactly as often as was necessary. Everything faded into mist. The past was erased. The era sure was forgotten. The lie became truth. All of this at the height was written at the height of what we were beginning to learn of the Soviet Union about 1949. It was what George Orwell feared, feared for our future in his book 1984. Professor David Mikix writes, Of course America is not Soviet Russia, or for that matter Xi's China. Our new political commissars don't use torture, prison cells, and executions. Today's woke ideology can be publicly attacked. Unlike communism in the Soviet Union, its critics are in fact legion. According to the polls, most Americans of all genders and ethnicities think political correctness is a problem. But people are afraid for their careers, and so they remain silent, no matter how much power or privilege they ostensibly or are told they have. I'll close with learned hand again. What do we mean when we say that, first of all, we seek liberty? I often wonder whether we do not rest our hope. I often wonder if whether we do rests our hopes too much upon constitutions, upon laws, and upon courts. These are false hopes. Believe me, they are false hopes. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. And when it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court can ever do much to help it. While it lies there, it needs no constitution and no law and no court to save it. And what is this liberty which must lie in the hearts of men and women? It is not the ruthless, the unbridled will. It is not freedom to do as one likes. That is the denial of liberty and leads straight to its overthrow. A society in which men recognize no check upon their freedom soon becomes a society where freedom is the possession of only a savage few, as we have too often learned to our sorrow. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. That's a great voice, Eric Clapton. Another great voice, another strong voice is our Arizona State Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. 
He's um, making some news lately. There's a column in Town Hall just out this week. The guy who could save our republic. General Brnovich, how are you, sir? I am very good, my old friend, Seth. I am hanging in. Good for you. You're doing more than that. You're shaking it up. You're going to the Supreme Court of the United States next week. Tell us all, tell our listeners what you're up to, sir. Well, there is um, the Democratic National Committee several times has challenged Arizona's common sense election integrity measures. And so, Seth, there's two specific statutes. One, that's out of precinct voting, and the other one is a restriction on ballot harvesting. So these are the two statutes in question. After a 10-day trial at the federal district court, we won. The Ninth Circuit ruled originally two to one in our favor. And then the Ninth Circuit did something unusual. And Bonk, on their own, they reversed themselves mm. and basically said the laws were unconstitutional uh, because they violated the uh, Voting Rights Act, which obviously we strongly disagree with. That violation has to imply something uh, going towards race and disparate impact, if memory serves. Am I right about that? That that is correct, and that's what Seth was so disappointing about the Supreme, or excuse me, the Embank decision. Right. Is they basically looked at what they called historical discrimination or racism in Arizona, and the problem with that analysis is they literally were were referring to things from the 1860s right. when right. you know Arizona was a territory sure. and these trees and. You know, I, I wanted to put in our brief, we didn't. Maybe I'll have to say that I'm saying on your show now is that if we're going to go back to the 1860s, then, my goodness, we need to hold the Democrats accountable yeah. for what they did, yeah. um, you know, in promoting racism yeah. in the South and, you know, even the genocide against the Native Americans. You bet, because your suit is against the DNC. One of the suits here is against, actually, the DNC, isn't it? Isn't it, uh, Arizona? It, it, yeah. is, right. it, yeah. it is indeed. It, it, I'll, I'll tell you what, Seth. The thing about how crazy this stuff is becoming and how partisan and how ridiculous it is, and we point this out in our briefs, that even former President Jimmy Carter, in 2004, he was part of a bipartisan commission That's right. Bush v. Gore. Thing. That's right. He, he said that the, the absentee balance remained the largest threat That's right. for a source of potential voter fraud. That's right. So we cited that in our brief, and no less than Jimmy Carter right. agrees with us. That's right. And the law, Arizona's law, is based on the recommendations of the Carter Report. So some of this effort, General Brnovich, I get calls all the time. I know you're asked all the time. You know, there's a lot of concern about election, shall we just say, irregularities, to put it no higher. Should you win, if you win on these cases, um, voters in Arizona and perhaps other states looking at us can rest a little more peaceably, Correct. Absolutely. This case, many court observers are saying it's one of the, the most important cases this entire term, maybe one of the most important election cases in the last decade. Because if the DNC's theory is allowed to stand, and the DNC basically is saying that anytime there's a statistical anomaly, that's evidence, that's a sign of racism, and the vote law would be struck down. What that basically would do is strike down any sort, any sort of common sense state regulations dealing with you know, election integrity and, you know, IDs and restrictions on ballot harvesting, you know, time, place and manner restrictions. Mm -hmm. And essentially we'd hand over to the feds, Nancy Pelosi, control of our elections. And I keep saying that there is no more sacred duty for public servants than protecting the people's right to vote. Right. But that has to have with it maintaining public confidence in the integrity of the results. And if you allow, I mean, you know, look at what happened in 2018 in North Carolina, right. where you had a, a whole congressional district where people were without representation for a year because 
of shenanigans dealing with ballot harvesting. A majority of states have restrictions on out-of-precinct voting. So if the, if the courts are going to strike this down, that means the majority of states with election integrity measures, um, those laws are in jeopardy. And now, it just can't be what the Constitution intended. No, it cannot. And I'm glad you're taking it on. Now, if I read this right or if I read a story about this right, even the Biden administration is kind of doing something interesting on your behalf or at least on your side. Did I get that right? You did. You're very perceptive, Seth. That's why you you have this great show. Yeah, but I ain't, I ain't practicing law no more, Mark. So. <laughs> <laughs> you you can talk can about radio. I'll talk about law. We'll see what happens. It oh, won't be good. <laughs> we trade. I want to trade jobs. I yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Well, I have well, some people I want to arrest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, by weekly, I only get you have my job for a week, and I get to I think you could do so mine would... very well. I'm not so sure oh. about yours, sir. But do tell me, what, what the Biden oh. administration, they're conceding some of what you're arguing, aren't they? Yeah, and this, this is so fascinating for, like, court watchers and other people. Is that, so even the Biden Department of Justice, um, they were asked by the court to kind of weigh in, and they sent a letter to the court basically saying that Arizona laws do not violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, right. but they wouldn't go any further. Okay. And so it's interesting because, you know, the court watchers, people will say, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean DOJ is going to come up eventually with their own test as to what may or may not constitute a violation? Yeah. But I think it's an important recognition that even the Biden administration knows that you can't strike down these um Neutral laws. Yeah, common sense, neutral laws. Right. Yeah, to protect the integrity of the ballot. And, you know, honestly, and you know this with everything that we've just gone through, I mean, I hope the court recognizes that people have to have confidence in the election process, and you got to have states or allow states to come up with security measures that ensure public confidence in the system and they do not violate anyone's right or opportunity to vote. I, I just think that is the most important thing, General Brnovich, and I'm so glad you're standing up for it. You can't have just consent of the governed if you don't have confidence in the way we decide to govern ourselves. So God bless you for doing it. I suspect you're going to be a little busier with the Biden administration and uh, Democratic Congress over the next couple of years in your tenure. But we want you busy, and I'm glad you could spend a few minutes with us. I didn't want to take too much time from you, but uh, just had to report to our listeners this great thing you're doing, these great efforts you're taking, sir. So Godspeed to you. Good luck next week. Maybe we'll talk afterwards and see how it went. Yeah, yeah? thank okay. you, brother. I'd love to do that. Yeah, we need, that. To, uh, we, we need to reconnect. We need to get a sandwich or something, too, when you, when you have a little bit Here, of downtime. But maybe after the Biden administration's out. Yeah, maybe adult beverage. Um, an adult okay. beverage. An adult beverage. Mark Burnovich, God bless you, sir. Godspeed. Good luck next week. Thanks for taking some time with us. Thank you. You bet. One of the uh, one of the greatest popular songs of the last 40 years, that one right there. One of the greatest people in Arizona, I think, is John Dombrowski of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. Not only for the advice he gives and the analysis he provides, but just his involvement in so many good causes in our community. He of Grand Canyon Planning, as I said, his website, grandcanyonplanning.com. He does our culture and economy segment every day. How are you, John? Well, thank you so much for that introduction. Great song, great man. What more could you want? A great meal. Hmm. A great meal you could have. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I had sushi for lunch today, I will say. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that constitutes a great meal. But, <laughs> it was uh, very good for how me. you I keep was, your girlish figure, I was probably. craving it okay. today, yes. Right. Hey, you know what? Yeah, uh, what? All this talk about vaccines and yeah. so forth. In 1954, the first child received a polio vaccine. That's right. That's it. So, 
Here we are. That's it. Here we are. Okay, talk to me. Dow reverses a 360-point loss and ends day higher after mm-hmm. Powell eases inflation fears. There's a lot in that headline. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, the markets opened uh, sharply lower this morning and uh, continued to fall even further, um, you know, early in the morning. Uh, all awaiting what the Fed was going to be saying. One of the comments that came out, though, uh, I believe it was yesterday from uh, Janet Yellen, uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, was that uh, this whole issue with Bitcoin. Yeah. She was uh, basically saying that uh, a warning uh, that Bitcoin is, again, uh, overvalued. It's not something she believes is going to be um, something that's going to replace gold, as an example. Uh, And that certainly uh, had a big hit on a lot of these stocks that invest in Bitcoin. And one of the big ones is Tesla, and another one is uh, Square. Yeah. Uh, and so these two stocks uh, got hit really hard on the day. And uh, and it just kind of took the rest of the markets down with Bitcoin it. Bitcoin is interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I've been watching it with some interest as well, just because yeah. it's so different and new. Mm-hmm. But it does look like GameStop and Square and Intuit are making the biggest moves, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we saw, uh, and, and again... Um, Elon Musk, who announced that $1.5 billion was put into right. Bitcoin as well. Right. So uh, these companies got hit, and so did Bitcoin got yeah. hit pretty hard today. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I, I encourage people, uh, if you want to invest in something like that, make sure you understand the risks that are associated with it. And think of this as a longer-term type of an investment, Not certainly not something to be uh, – um, you know, thinking you're just going to go yeah, in and it's not make a quick hit. Yeah, it's not something you do uh, for five days. Yeah. No. It could be, but then... <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I've talked to people in it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you my situation, but I've talked to people, other people I know in it, and some mm-hmm. have done really well, yeah. and some have lost their shirts. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're not into that kind of risk, which yeah. you really shouldn't be, I don't think... If you're not in the right yeah, side... Yeah, it, yeah, 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 hurt. yeah, yeah, right? Yep, yep. I almost wonder if Janet Yellen should be talking about it, though. That almost makes me wonder if, that, if, if, if really that is the job of the Treasury Secretary well, talking, weighing in on these kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I, I mean, I Can't would say this. It, but. I would say this too. Um, uh, uh, Elon Musk did make a comment. He felt that Bitcoin was too high. He yeah. made the comment yeah. himself. So yeah. it's very interesting. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things, and we could get back into this again, is is that uh, you know when we see days like today or, or, or days like yesterday and today, um, it's difficult if you're a person that looks at your accounts on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Your investments, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to look at when yeah. you see your portfolio dropping five, maybe 10% yeah. value in yeah. one day. Yeah. Uh, so I have a, just a, a little uh, comment to make sure. as an advisor. Sure. It is definitely fun to look at your accounts when they're going up. There's no question about it. It's not so much fun when they're going down. So my, I guess, recommendation would be is don't look at it yeah. when it's going down. You know what? Shut the computer off and just go to work and uh, come back in a week or two. I was just going to say, what do you say? Maybe every week take a quick gander. I'm I'm a once a month kind of are guy. Are you? Okay. You know, if you are confident with your investment advisor, and if you're working with someone that you feel confident with, um, then you know that, and, and they would have told you. And sure. I tell my clients this all the time. It's going to be a bouncy, rough year. It yeah. just is. Nine you know, a.m. is not going to often look at three like three p.m. at ex- the same day. Exactly, exactly right. 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 And you know, uh, every you know October is not the same. Every right. March is not the same. Um, so. I just say look at your accounts once a month just to kind of get a feel for what's happening. Make sure nothing looks unusual about your accounts um, and communicate with your advisor. And uh, long term, if you've got a good long term plan in place, if you feel confident about your advisor and the investments, the advice you're getting, uh, longer term things hopefully will work out. I would imagine that they would. Uh, and I feel pretty good about that with my clients. I had a good, good communication with them about that. 
don't expect uh, you know, the market to continue to go up all the time. This is a good thing when we see a pullback in the markets. Okay. Good good words. Okay. Good advice. Good thoughts, yeah. John. And, and it, of course, today it was down, but then it closed positive yeah. by oh, the right. end of the day. That's so right. if you That's panic That's what today, I mean. 9 a.m. Yeah. and 3 p.m. Yeah. can be very, very different things. Exactly right. In the same day. Mm-hmm. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Sipkin, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank, Thank you, John. Sir. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And my number is 602-508-0960 for you to weigh in on anything you'd like. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. Portions of this show are brought to you by Balance of Nature, my single favorite product I've ever endorsed or taken, and I use it every single day. I can't say enough about it, and uh, friends and family I've given it to, and They can't say enough about it either. If health is important to you, if keeping up your energy is important to you, if boosting your immunity is helpful and important to you, this product is, I think, as far as I know, the most effective whole food supplement on the market that gives you tens of thousands of vital nutrients out of apples, cherry, pineapple, papaya, cayenne pepper, wheatgrass, tens of thousands of those nutrients in a daily dose, a single daily dose, no sugar, no chemicals, no GMOs. It gives you 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. Think about what that could mean for you. Well, it's meant the world for me. It's kept me healthy for more than a year. And they have a great deal over at Balance of Nature where it's free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies, guaranteeing you wholesale pricing for the life of your time with Balance of Nature. I'll be taking it the rest of my life. There's just no question about it. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to use discount code BALANCE. It's important you use discount code BALANCE. balanceofnature.com or give them a call at 800-246-8751. Also, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. You'll be so glad you did. Uh, Bill is out today, so we have our producer pro tem, Chris Lou Ellen, also the vice president of all things important here with us today. Chris, it's good to have you here. Nice to see you. Bill will be back tomorrow, but it's always fun when you and I uh, get to share the way radio waves together. It's always good. I always love um, how every person that will call in, whether it's you know a distinguished guest or just a caller, just will still assume I'm Bill, and I just go with it. I yeah. don't ever say they'll be like, "Hey, Bill," and I'll be like, "Hey." I want. It would be interesting. Maybe you could. Our voices aren't really No, similar. but would you rather be like Bill, or do you think Bill would rather be like you? Ooh, Seeing that's a, what that's he, a loaded question. It's a loaded question, but knowing his diet, well, you guys now probably have the same diet. You've lost like 180 pounds no, in the last six I mean, months. Yeah, I, I haven't lost anything in the last month, but I did drop the, I dropped the 50. You so. dropped a huge amount of weight, and you're looking great. I would bet you, I would bet you it would be more me, Bill, than Bill, me. I bet my. I bet Bill would, would rather be, be like you than you like Bill. Now, see, see, that's interesting. There's a psychological thing. I, I think it would be reversed. Interesting. I feel like my any of my stuff would give him anxiety. All I know is this: I don't want to be like Bill. <laughs> that's all I know. I know how he lives his now, life. Why? I don't. I don't want any part of that. You don't want to like rush as much. as I, he does? It's the running of the stairwells. It's the eating like a Russian prisoner. You know, every potato, single day. Potatoes and the yeah, green peas I, yeah, kill me. potatoes and bland <laughs> vegetables. I, every single day. I just, I want no part of that noise. None, none of it. He and I are very different people. Okay. Oh, oh, you know what? Since you're here, you know more about this than anyone. People heard that. Um, we're such a literate show. People heard that uh, promotion for the uh, the book thing. You want to say something about it? 
Yeah, I think it's really, really exciting. I do, too. You're actually taking part in it as well. Yeah. And it's a super, super easy contest for anybody because it's not even really a contest. It's free, too. All you have to do. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. a contest. It's a survey. You just go on our website. 960thepatriot.com. Take, what, a minute, two yep. survey, answer a few questions. And we came up with this idea, you, uh, myself, our general manager, with we're trying to look for something unique. And we want to create this ultimate library. Mm -hmm. So our GM mm -hmm. went to all of the hosts mm -hmm. and got what books inspired their them. most favorite books. Their five of favorite. their most important books influencing them. And from you, yeah, including uh, me, Gorka, right. Right. Uh, Prager, Elder, yeah. Prager. We yeah. got all those, and we are going to give an entire collection right. to somebody. You, you could have your whole library. You could have a total political science. Uh, education through this. You know what's this. amazing, too? Yeah. There was only one cross. I know. One. I know. So Jim Ryan surveyed the hosts for their— It was you and Gallagher who had the same book. By, the, Gallagher and I shared a book. No one else had—we each gave five yep. of our most influential books, and Gallagher and I shared one, which doesn't surprise me, but no one else had crossover. Nope. There wasn't a single one, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And then on top of I it— I thought there would be. We're going to have copies of all the hosts who are partaking, an autographed copy of one of their books. Right, because every host is also an author. You're but... talking 20-plus books, right. and somebody locally here is going to get it and just go take a survey. So, so go to 960thepatriot.com and do that, and you'll get the books that influenced me, the books that influenced Prager, Gorka. Isn't that a cool idea? It's a great idea. Yeah. We should it's do so, it. It's very, very different, especially in a time where everybody's trying to move away yeah. from books and people don't want And then to we do should that. do music next year. Favorite songs or artists that influenced I us. mean, can you imagine? I mean, because you can't do the books again. It's a Show one shot. tunes for Mike. and Yeah. What, I mean, yours is going to be Trump. I bet there won't be any crossover on that either. Prager will be all classical. What is Gorka like? Oh, he's into some probably weird euros i don't know i shouldn't say i don't know i don't i have no idea that's a great idea we'll have the yeah we'll have a whole vinyl because you can't do the books again i mean no. if they're foundational books that influence no, it's a one-time thing it's a one-time yeah which is unique about that as well i guess now. we could keep giving them away i guess we could in any event this is uncomfortable for me to say and i'm not often uncomfortable behind the microphone but um the novelist Walker Percy said, I hate to find tedious what gives such general interest or satisfaction, but I do find it tedious. This Tiger Woods story, um, I, you know, it's obviously he's, he's, he's an important and esteemable figure in our culture, in our lives. Um, obviously a great, great, great athlete and role model. Um, but Really? A car accident. He's hurt his legs badly, looks like. Compound fracture. And um, no one else injured in the car accident. He rolled the car, looks like, over a cliff or hill. He was talking and all that coming out on the stretcher. But his legs are injured, and hope we wish obviously all the best there. But really, four hours straight dominating this, Tiger Woods suffered leg injuries and crash, ticker after ticker, breaking news, Tiger Woods suffered. It's not breaking news anymore. And I guess it shows you, in some respects, a good thing about this country or this culture, which is when someone esteemable is hurt, we all want to 
take a moment and feel it and think about it and send our best. But there's not much more to do or say. I, you know, um, there's just not much more to do or say uh, other than other than the causes, which we don't know, and how to avoid them in the future. And it'll probably take a couple or a few days to suss that out. Um, when Kobe Bryant died, of course, it's not everyone who has a helicopter that can take the lesson from that, but a few lessons were learned. Um, we send him our best. I just have to go on record and tell you I'm, I'm just not going to be doing minute-to-minute coverage of it. The story is Tiger Woods was in an accident, hurt his legs, looks like he'll be fine, but for leg uh, recuperation, we don't know what that will amount to, but uh, survives, and um, no one else injured. That's the story. I have nothing more to say about it. If I'm missing this, if I'm missing something about this, let me know. I'm happy to entertain it. 602-508-0960. Interesting number of people from Tucson who are famous. This is one of them. Linda Ronstadt. Barbara Eden from I Dream of Genie is from Tucson. Who else is from Tucson? Um, it's interesting. I'll tell you what is interesting to me about the Tiger Woods story. It's interesting to me what, what the society puts importance on. So <clears throat> listener Hal sent me a story um, you know, we, we, we heard nonstop about the Capitol Police officer who was killed in the riots on January 6th. Brian Sicknick, you'll recall, his body was laid or his remains were laid in state as well at the uh, Capitol to give as much attention to his death as possible. And the story over and over again was that he was uh, hit in the head uh, in, the, in the riot, in the mob uh, riot, by a fire extinguisher. It's not what happened. That story is false. And uh, Hal sends me this story from the um, Epic Times, but quoting an interview from his mom in the Daily Mail. She writes, she says in an interview, his mom, Sicknick's mom, he wasn't hit on the head. We think he had a stroke, but we don't know anything for sure. We'd love to know what happened. The parents don't know what happened to their son. That's a scandal to me. And it's a scandal that the Democrats have politicized this death. And, ha- and, and it's a scandal to me that the New York Times did. And it's a scandal to me that CNN did. You know, um, I saw a Democratic congressman today um, at the hearings. There were hearings today about the ca- uh, with the Capitol Police. And I saw a, um, a Democratic congressman speaking about uh, the murder of George Floyd. We don't know that he was murdered either. We don't know that. There's a lot of contrary evidence about that. None of us were happy, obviously, or, 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 or liked what happened, obviously, but we don't know that it was murder. In any event, these leaders in our culture, whether elected, media, or otherwise, can they do their job? Why is it the Daily Mail, which is British, and the Epic Times, why is it they get the Gladys Sicknick story? Why is there no curiosity about what happened to Brian Sicknick on January 6th over a month ago by an American journalist? I mean, there's a few on the, on the conservative side, but how come the main media does not care about the life and death of Brian Sicknick? Why? I'll tell you why. They might find out something that counters 
and contravenes the narrative Nancy Pelosi peddled. It wouldn't be hard to find. You could just ask his mom. 